Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's always on a Sunday. As always on a Sunday. Well, as we try to make it as much as possible on a Sunday. Yeah, well, I think the last time we did this, we had some kind of technical difficulty and lost the entire conversation. <laughs> I'm sure it was a user error. Anyways. Well, I'm sure it was a fascinating topic. Probably our best ever. <laughs> and it was gone. And Oof. it was gone forever. Well, Needless to say, but we'll say it again, it's always on a Sunday with... Den and Lowe. Boy, that changes the scenery, doesn't it? Are you talking about the new building over there? Yeah. It looks like a bunch of row houses, and I don't know how many different residences are there, but... It just really changes the whole landscape of looking at kind of the southeast direction from the park in Plymouth. Yeah, and look at those big windows I on know. the first floor. It's kind of weird. Yeah. They're kind of ugly from here anyway. I wonder what they'll look like when they're done. Yeah, it's, you know, high-density housing. I'm just never fond of it. I was going to say, how many units do you think are there? One, two... I'm guessing that there's probably 8 to 10 units. Yeah. Wow. Well, here we are on a Sunday night. Can you believe it's 744 and it's still daylight? I'm loving the sunlight. It is nice. I mean, I know that we've had clock changes and it throws everybody's schedule off, but it's kind of nice to have the lighter hours later. Later, lighter. Later, lighter. Yeah. I kind of hope we don't go back. Although, what is the benefit of being in one or the other? Like, if we never change, what happens in the fall? Well, as the Earth rotates around the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that basic. I'm just saying, like, right now we're on daylight savings time. So if if we were to fall back. It would give us longer days, wouldn't it? It would give us no, more daylight in the we, evenings. We have exactly the same hours we'd have, no matter what time we called it on the clock. Yeah. But it, I'm just saying, if we don't fall back in November, let's say the first week of November. Then just stay on the lunar-solar cycle of rotations around the sun. It just It's going to be shorter for six months of the year and then it's going to get longer for six months yeah of the but year. i'm just saying if we fall back in the fall mm -hmm. then we actually get like more sunlight in the evening it feels like because we fell yes. back an hour if we stay at the time we're at then our evenings will be dark at five o'clock or whatever yes or four thirty. so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the legislature on that but Either way, I just don't like changing the time. Just Let's just pick a time and keep it. So here's my perspective, is I don't trust any changes to how we keep track of time by politicians who don't go, do a good job of keeping track of their own time. I'm just, I'm just tired of the political aspects of somebody who's elected to office decides they're going to change... The time of the day, and it's an artificial construct anyways, mm -hmm. I think we should just, whatever it is, 
at the point we pass legislature, we should just leave it there and stop screwing with changing calendars, changing clocks. It's just a waste of human effort. What do you think about leap years? Do you think we should get rid of leap year? No, because that has an adjustment for the length of the rotations around the sun. We have a fractional, not a full 24-hour day as we measure days in time. Every four years, we have to add a day to catch up, so to speak, and stay on track uh, with the rotation around the sun. So I don't think there's a problem with the skip years or leap years, whatever you want to call them. And I understand that every so often, centuries apart, we actually add another day. So, big deal. So, you know, I was reading an article some time ago that NASA published. And they talked about the gravitational force of the moon and the earth. And at one time, the moon and the earth, our moon that we see every night, and the earth shared the same gravitational force. Yes. And this was before, you know, living things were on the earth. And eventually over time, the moon and the earth started, their gravitational forces started to separate. And so that's why there's no gravity on the moon or very little gravity on the moon. I guess it's not completely zero, but it's just very little. Mm -hmm. And there's like, you know, the gravitational. What happened was, is the burning... Um, the size of the moon is so much smaller than the size of the earth that the burning core actually completely cooled. And that is what stopped the gravitational force of the moon. And now we have a gravitational force, you know, still with earth. But over time, the earth is constantly cooling, cooling, cooling. And the researchers at NASA have determined there are many other planets, there are other places where the core has cooled and then the gravitational force is less. And that's what's going to happen here, too. Yeah. So it's still going to take millions and millions and millions of years, but it's just the idea that we are spinning on a planet that is constantly cooling. And yeah, right now we walk around and we're on the ground, but eventually we're not going to have gravity here. Eventually we'll fly off into space. <laughs> We'll float. We'll yeah. float away. We'll be weightless, yeah. and there we go, off to the Milky Way. But it's interesting to think even like, you know, like we're so tied up in our day-to-day -day lives of whatever conflicts are going on or, you know, little joys and little sorrows and all that kind of stuff. But when you think about this stuff in the bigger picture, like taking a step back from our world and looking at what's happened on other planets and stuff, it's really, it's it makes everything that goes on here seem pretty darn petty. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, so... And there's a perspective that I study systems as part of my work. And one day I was in Iowa, and there was a little tiny hole in the side of this great big rock that was kind of a boundary of the parking spot and the driveway to go into this hotel parking lot. And so I got down close to the hole in the rock and I looked at it and I saw that there was some kind of lichen in the hole and another kind of, it looked like moss. And so, I'm, and maybe the two of them are the same species of plant. But I, I uh, said, well, okay, so there's two systems in that little tiny hole. And then I stepped back a little bit and I says, oh, and the rock is another system. And then I stepped back even further and I said, 
oh, the rock is part of this parking lot and driveway system. I said, this rock's so big you could probably see it from a satellite photo. So I did my daily thing there for that conference and then went into the internet and I looked at the space picture and sure enough, you could see the rock from outer space, one of these satellite photos. And then I zoomed away from it and kept going until you could see the state of Iowa, not just the city, but the state of Iowa, then the continent of North America, and then a picture of our planet from the moon. And so I said, here's all these different systems starting from two organisms living in a hole in a rock to a giant rock called Earth. And you're right, it is, all the stuff we deal with can really be so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. All the petty things that humans focus on and, you know, not really seeing the big picture. Yeah, like, do I need to mow the lawn today? No, why don't we just let the grass grow? There's somebody who decided that we have to mow our lawns. Well, I think it's when we drove the sheep off of our farm. Well, no, somebody decided that grass looks good at two or three inches height versus what it naturally would grow to be. Mm -hmm. Like, what if... Okay, so here's a good example, and this is a real-life thing. So, you know, my friend Susie lives up in Ramblewood, up at 14 Mile and Drake. Yeah. And they had some neighbors move in from a different country, and they let their yard grow. They they moved in, the, the husband and wife, both are engineers or something, have jobs here, and they've got kids. And so they let their grass grow, and the grass grew up to be like 12 inches, 18 inches high in some areas. And the city of Farmington Hills sent them a citation that basically said, they had a week to get it mowed, or they would send somebody out to mow it, and then get, then send them a bill for 150 bucks. And you know, and like she said, it's a cultural thing. Like for them, where they came from, you know, they didn't mow the lawn. They didn't even have a mower at this house. You know what I mean? So for them, it was kind of a shock to their system that they're getting this letter from the local government, basically telling them, you need to mow your lawn. Well, I've got another similar. Uh, version of that same story. When I lived in Okemos, my ex-wife and I lived at the north end of this subdivision, and somebody down at the south end of the subdivision was Indian. And all of a sudden, somebody started noticing that their lawn wasn't getting mowed. And so they complained to the association board, and the association board, I was the secretary or something like that, and they started talking about, so what do we do? I said, well, why don't we just call them? Well, so-and-so says they tried calling them and nobody answered the phone. I said, so why don't we go knock on the door? Well, we don't want to bother them, but we want them to mow their lawn. I said, well, look, I want to be a good neighbor and I'm not willing to just go and mow their lawn for them without their permission, but I'll go knock on the door I'll go mow their lawn if they want it done. If they aren't home, I'll just take care of it so that instead of everybody being up in arms about how these people don't mow their lawn, their lawn will be mowed. And when we catch up and we can talk to them, we can figure out how to solve the problem. 
Oh, no, you can't do that. That would be illegal. I said, well, what law says you can't mow your neighbor's lawn? <laughs> Without and, their permission. And and so then my ex-wife got into it, and she threatened me that, you know, there would be hell to pay if I, you know, took our mower, cut the neighbor's lawn, and then they sued us. And I said, you know, this is just craziness. I'm just going to do it anyways. And so then, after I mowed it, about two weeks later, as it was looking like it might be time to mow a second time, they're home. What happened is they had a parent in India that got suddenly sick, and they packed up everything, and they did what anybody else would do. They went to their sick parent. Mm -hmm. It takes three or four days to get to India under the best circumstances. They got there, took care of family business, and came home. And their lawn was mowed. And so I just was so glad that I decided not to get into all the legal bull crap and just be a good neighbor. Well, and the fact that people weren't willing to go up and talk to them or find out if they were home or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like, that's just weird too. Well, we had a couple of other neighbors that were from China. They were both professors at Michigan State, professors, professors in mathematics. And they were big into bicycling, but instead of parking their bicycles in the garage or behind the house, they put brackets on the front of their porch and hung their bicycles on their front porch. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there was an ordinance, uh, part of the bylaws that said you can't store things on your front porch unless it's, you know, so many chairs, as the, and that was it. You couldn't really store anything on your front porch. And so I had the pleasure, because of my role with the association, of going and having a conversation with them. And these folks were so wonderful. They said, oh, we had no idea. This is what we do in China, where we come from. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you know, here's what it says is the rule. And I, I presume that because you didn't follow the rule, you didn't understand the rule. He said, well, actually, we didn't think of it. So I said, well, okay, so great. We're having the conversation. Now you know about it. And the man and the woman both said, we'll take care of it. And they did. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of being considerate of other people. And I think we've probably talked about inconsiderate neighbors before. And I just have always tried to be considerate. Yeah. It's just better to be considerate if you can, unless people are unreasonable. Yeah. We don't have to get into that, because we've yeah. had plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, I have to say, we have an Audubon Society bumper sticker. I was thinking about sticking to the window, but I decided against no, it. No, we're not going to do that. So, well, you know what I was thinking about, Denbo, was what? that we had a beautiful late... Or I should say an early dinner. I was going to say a late lunch, but almost like an early dinner. Yeah. We went to uh, Aventura in downtown Ann Arbor to have a 4 o'clock tapas and paella meal with your niece and nephew. Yep. And my and niece. niece. Yeah. And obviously uh, we included partners or spouses. And, yeah. Um, Katie was able... Uh, to be there with her husband Jeremy and Christian's wife was busy with her friends today and then Justine was there 
uh, solo, and we had a wonderful time. The six of us had a beautiful oh, dinner. Yeah, it was first time I've ever had paella. It was wonderful. And it was nice. We had some wonderful sangria that was made with elderflower and lavender. Yeah. Which was unusual, but very delicious. And we had um, a charcuterie and queso cheese board. And what else? We had four different kinds of tapas. And we also had two different kinds of paella. One was vegetarian. The other one was seafood. And for dessert, we had the churros, which were delicious. Oh, yeah. They were like... And there were two different crullers. sauces to dip in. Oh, my God. Were I didn't those? have any of the sauce. The churros were just fabulous. Oh, the way my they gosh. Were. They were so good. Nice eggy batter and then deep fried and then, you know, obviously smothered with cinnamon sugar. So good. And the sweetness of all the wonderful conversations with wonderful people. It was great. It was so nice to catch up. And I, I just feel like, you know, we've gotten to this point, the pandemic is, you know, hopefully, I know it's hopefully gotten to an endemic. I don't know. I probably should research that, but hopefully we're not in a world pandemic anymore, but it just is so nice to kind of get back to our normalness, which is, you know, spending time with family members and friends and just enjoying people's company. Yeah, I'm getting teary just thinking about how wonderful it is well, after it feels all these years like of three separation. Years of not of not doing it and not yeah. seeing people, and you know, you think it doesn't bother you, but it really. And I'm not saying you personally, but you know, we we kind of feel like we've been tough and yeah, and you know, just you know, because we were very much just deal with whatever's in front of us and let's just you know move forward, but. I mean, it is nice to to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy. Yeah. And get together with people and hang out and all. So, yeah. Well, it's it's a uh, three-year hole in our history of the past. You know, we've had all these unusual experiences from the pandemic. And we've had these, well, I'll call them artificial separations from family and friends and it's wonderful to get back together with the younger members of the family the older members of the family as this pandemic transitions to an endemic you know we're near the official political declarations that it's over but the real I guess milestone for us is to be able to resume some of the things that we haven't done in so long right well, I'm super duper duper uh, excited. These last couple of weeks, I know we haven't been recording our podcast, but I've been traveling. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I've been traveling and been to a couple different states and hanging out with uh, some family members and some friends and just enjoying, you know, just enjoying life. Yeah. Well,. And uh, I'll say I had a chance last weekend to go up while you were out of town. I had a chance to go up and visit my brother and his wife and go out to lunch with them at one of their favorite, excuse me, one of their favorite restaurants and uh, meet my other brother and his two youngest children who were in their 20s. And so it was great for the six of us to be together and celebrating tonight we had six of us together and celebrating together six is the magic number well nothing wrong with just the two of us 
No. It's always good to share our love with more people. Yeah, and last night we got to babysit and uh, we did some fun <laughs> stuff. We decorated some paper mache eggs. Yeah. And in the kit there was six eggs. And yeah. we were with our great niece who said, "This is, there's six eggs and I'm six. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And in six years she'll be 12 and then 18 and then 24. You know, the time goes by so fast. So every sure moment does. is precious. Well, it was precious, too, because I got to read three bedtime stories last night. Oh, my gosh. And the way you read the stories is so cute. You know, because you read the character. Like, you get into it, and you give different voices to the storybook characters. I was thinking we should start a podcast of you reading books or us reading storybooks because... You do a great job of changing your voice for whatever the character is. Well, thank you. Now, that one book you read was called Kitty Corn. Yeah, yeah. It was about a kitty and a unicorn, and the kitty wanted to be a unicorn, and the unicorn wanted to be a kitty, and they decided that they were going to compare notes and as they started talking they realized that they both wanted to be what the other one was so they said okay so we're not a kitty we're not a unicorn we're a kitty corn and somehow as the story progressed their shadows formed the shape of a heart that it was, was so sweet it was at the end it was anyhow and then you read a couple of other books too but it was just so cute and you're very engaging when you read children's stories. So I was impressed with that, Denbo. Well, maybe uh, we'll have to have another podcast that's just focused on reading stories. I would love to read the story that I wrote for my nephew, Christian, who we spent time with today when he missed the bus. You did that already on this. You did I did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's for Honey, older children. Honey, why can't children. you remember? Yeah, you did that. Oh, I'm always telling It was scary. Of... That story was scary. You read that's it for, on here. That's for older children, yes. Yeah, that's not even... I mean, that's so scary. I'm not even sure I'd let a teenager listen to it. That was kind of scary. But yeah, no, you read that on here. Yeah. That's not good if we're repeating ourselves, is it? Well, I don't know. I'm getting older. I probably get like my grandma that used to repeat the same story 15 times <laughs> in a two-hour visit. <laughs> well, you know, maybe our audience is getting older, too, and they don't recognize we're saying the same story. Maybe they can't remember that. It sounds familiar. Did we ever hear this before? Hey, look at that. Look at those cocktail napkins over there. Oh, yeah. I got to have one of those. Yeah. Do you know what that is? It's a bunch of boobs, I yeah, think. Yeah. I got that for my girls' trip. I hate to do this, but I'm going to blow my nose on the booby napkins. <laughs> I saw that as a, a gift store, and I said, oh, I'm going for a girls' weekend. I said, i got to take these cocktail napkins. And it was kind of funny because we were all sitting around the dining room table last Saturday night, and, you know, we had these cocktail napkins that are black. They're white, and then there's just, like, white line drawings of different types of boobs. And so everybody picked out, you know, after a couple glasses of wine, we're like, oh, everybody pick out which boobs are yours, or who do you think those boobs are? Those, I mean, it was just kind of funny. We laughed. 
I know it doesn't sound funny now, but it was with the girls after a couple bottles of wine. Well, I'm just glad I wasn't around because I would not know what to think if I was in the presence of more than one woman talking about boobs. Well, you know what we decided with all the different types of boobs on the napkins? We decided that really it's a progression of boobs through the years. Oh. Like you have little boobs when you're a young girl, and then when you're a mature woman, they're bigger. And then when you get pregnant and have a baby and you're nursing, then you get the big, huge boobs, and then they shrink and they end up being long, droopy boobs. And so they're all on there. That's what we decided, that Cocktail Napkin has all the boobs through the... A wide variety. A life cycle of boobs. A wide variety, the life cycle of breasts. Exactly. Well... Anyhow, well, we just were being silly and having a good time. And I like being silly about boobs because that kind of is my thing. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, my goodness, it's starting to rain. People oh, are yes. running through the park. Yeah, trying to get to dryness. Oh, that girl's got uh, white boots on, too, and it's never good to wear white boots in a rainstorm. These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. They are kind of Nancy Sinatra-ish. Yeah, they are. Oh, my goodness. One of these days, these boots I'm are going to walk all over you. Well, guess what? It's time to do laundry. We need to go home. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. It's 8.07, and it's time to do laundry and get ready for tomorrow. And i got to figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow for lunch. Am I going to... This is always my big question on Sunday night. Am I going to be really, 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 really good this week at work and take my lunch every day? Yes. Or am I going to indulge in the cafeteria food at work, which I love because it's like going to a restaurant and they have like phenomenal food choices. Oh, yummy. And I just love everything that they serve there. It's not like the old days of the cafeteria. Well... Like they like last week, I didn't have breakfast at home. You know, I get there about six twenty in the morning, so I had one of their breakfast biscuits that has scrambled eggs, pork sausage, and cheese. And you can oh. pick what kind of cheese you want on it. But it's a Zingerman's biscuit, which you know those are so oh, yeah, they are good. Fabulous. And then they had also some Zingerman's pastries. They had lemon clouds. They had two different types of croissants, including the chocolate croissant. Um, and they're all made by Zingerman's. And then they also had their chocolate millet muffins, oh. chocolate muffins with the millet seeds in them. Oh, my God. So it's it's tough. It's you know, like, so if I'm going to be good, I got to take my lunch and just don't go down and eat breakfast at home. Oh, my. So I have to make that decision between now and, and 545 tomorrow. Yeah. I get it. 5.45 a.m. I get it. So, anywho. Well, all right, darling. Well, this is a short podcast today, but it's okay. Yeah. It's our chance to talk about what's going on in our world. Yeah. Do you have a busy week? Speaking of that, you got a busy week? Yes, I do. Okay, good. It's good to be busy. It is good to be busy. And can you believe it's going to be Easter in a couple of weeks here pretty soon? It's just unbelievable. Time is flying by. I know. Well, you know, from your birthday to Easter is usually a short trip. It is. Yeah. My birthday's in the middle of March, and and then we have Easter. Sometimes we have Easter still in March, so this yeah. year it's not too late into the year. But 
I'm excited because all my perennials are coming up in the yard and we're going to start doing yard work soon. And so, you know, I always enjoy that. I'm going to water my tulips that are up by the house because they're not getting enough moisture. So I'm going to water those tonight before I go to bed. They're not getting enough moisture? Moisture. They're not, not getting enough moisture. Well, it's The raining. rain isn't. Yeah, but it's not raining hard enough to really. The, up by the ones by the boxwoods are not getting enough Water, well, so if they don't get enough overnight. Yeah. All right, darling. Well, I love you. I love you, Lois. Kisses. It's always a treat. It is a treat. Good night. Good night.